brought to you by Moss Eisley Comic Port. You're listening to Hanging with Team Kanan, everything Star Wars Rebels from the perspective of three enthusiastic scoundrels. All new hanging with Team Kanan. Uh, I don't think I have to introduce our hosts today, but of course, with me is Jonah Maria Macias from the Wookiee Gunner and Making Star Wars. Hello, Jonah. Hello, I'm excited. <laughs> Yay! I know, like you of all people, you're on like eight shows about Rebels, so <laughs> this is number nine. Um, and then, of course, Jeremy Conrad from Bleeding Cool rounding out the group. Hello. Hashtag Kanan's hair. Kanan's hair. hair. <laughs> and I am Katrina Dennis from Movie Pilot and OKatrina.com, which is weird to say. Uh, and this is our first ever um, recap of a Star Wars Rebels episode. So basically, hanging with Team Kanan is the three of us from Moss Eisley Comic Port. We usually cover Kanan the Last Padawan, the comic that is now uh, kind of running alongside Rebels. And. Uh, we're going to just talk about Star Wars Rebels because we don't have enough places to talk about it, obviously. And uh, we we hope that you guys enjoy the show. And I don't know, if you really like Team Kanan, we have a shirt. Um, it's on the website somewhere. I promise it's here. I I'll, I'll put it in the description. I'm going to get it on Wednesday. I know. Wednesday. <laughs> My, yeah, mine's coming on either Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, so yours excited. will be here this weekend. And I'm like, if it is not here by San Diego Comic Con, I am going to cry. <laughs> right i i need to have it like before the convention yeah. so because i'm not putting out business cards so hopefully this this will work out that will um, work out it'll yeah. go viral <laughs> it's gonna work it's gonna work really great and then people are gonna be like what's team kanan they'll all like harass freddie prince jr about it and then you'll have no choice <laughs> who knows who team kanan is by the way <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> oh my god so shout outs to freddie who who knows who and and anybody who's on the star wars story team because we're about to uh or cast uh because we're about to pick apart your show and stuff but <laughs> and say good things uh, and say wonderful things because we're huge fans Stella. and i was so excited for this premiere i saw it at uh star wars celebration and then i uh i was able to host like a little party for um it was kind of like a double date so like my boyfriend came over and then like my friend Haley and her friend or her boyfriend Alex who regularly cosplay as Hera and Kanan uh they came over and we had like this cool party with like the plates from like Target that you buy for your children yeah (laughs) those are the best (laughs) (laughs) but it was good we had like grown-up drinks we had we had uh blue milk and we had dark side of the force uh courtesy of the or the dark side yeah Courtesy of um, Star Wars Weekends' recipe, which I was able to find. So it was really yummy. It tasted like Sunday school juice. That's awesome. It was alcoholic. (laughs) So without further ado, I guess let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Uh, The Siege of Lothal. Yeah. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Spoiler alert. We're about to talk about a thing that happened. (laughs) And if you didn't watch that thing, you might want to hold back. Um so, yeah, okay, Siege of Lothal, here we go. Season 2 premiered um, earlier this month, and the whole world got to see it, and everyone was freaking out, and it was really a relief to me, because it's hard not to spoil things for your friends for months and months and months. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. uh. I have no idea how the Star Wars story team even gets by every no. single day. 
without like screaming something. They talk amongst themselves. That's I how had, they do I, it. I had Seriously, the same it's like every day I'm sure they wake up at like 3 a.m. going like, oh my God, I can't talk to anybody else about this. <laughs> but can you believe the way blah, blah, blah acted in this scene? <laughs> yeah, I had the same problem last year with the season, like the series premiere, because I, I got into the um, screening at San Diego last year. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it was really hard. And you couldn't talk about <laughs> nope, it. Yeah, not allowed. Yeah, mm-hmm. like my, I do a little podcast on the side with my mom, and I couldn't tell her, you know, anything about it. <laughs> and every oh, every time no. I had the urge, I'm like, I cannot tell you what I saw, what <laughs> my, I witnessed. <laughs> my mom called it Space Wars last time I talked to her about it. So. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> my my mom's a good sport about everything because uh, my dad is obsessed with Star Wars as well. So I feel you. Um. So the we were all very excited for the premiere, and the episode opened up in a classic Star Wars way with a, a space battle. And um, we're seeing that the the rebels that we knew on the ghost have now joined up with a larger rebel rebel cell, uh, and they are stealing cargo from an Imperial convoy. So uh, this is the introduction of the Phoenix Squadron, and I love this scene because space battles, obviously, as you've you may have known, uh, make me very happy. So <laughs> yeah. I thought that this was done so well. And like, even when they were in trouble, they were so confident, like, this is great. I love this life, except for like Kanan. <laughs> so, yeah, he was just moping on the side, like, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. Let's go off so our I guess own. Opening thoughts on, on all that that we just talked on. Um, what, what were you guys, what were you thinking when you saw this? Oh, man. Uh, Jeremy, Jonah. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, like, flailing <laughs> in, like, the first few seconds because it just starts off with a bang. Like, there's no there's no subtle, you know, conversation or introduction to let you know what's happening. It's just straight on battle, and they're trying to take over, you know, they're trying to take uh, some crates off of, the you know, the Empire's hands and... Man, I, I just remember being so awed by it, and I, I when I even when I watch it now, I'm like, this is so cool. This is Star Wars, <laughs> and it makes complete <laughs> sense to yeah. start off that way. At the way the last season ended, with them realizing that the rebellion is large and vast, and them being a part of it, and then it was like a warm blanket, though, with each character getting their specific entrance into the scene, and mm-hmm. them going through each and every character oh i'm just gonna come right out and say at the beginning i loved ezra in this episode yeah ezra Ezra was just (laughs) great it's just and it's such an opposite like you know with the opening uh movie of season one i couldn't i i I was like oh he'll, he'll be interesting one day but like i was really irritated whenever he was around and now just like when i saw ezra on screen i was like yes and I think it says a lot about his character development that, like, everyone was just going wild when, like, you know, Ezra came on screen and Ezra is, like, one of the heroes of this show. And, like, I think he's finally earned that. It's kind of like an Ahsoka thing, you know, how, like, a lot of people didn't didn't really like her when she came into to the Clone Wars. And then by, like, the time she was a little bit older, like, and everyone wanted Ahsoka in every episode. And... Like, there was such a huge fan reaction to her. So I think it's it says a lot about Ezra um, that everyone was so excited to yeah, see him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been great. And I can't wait to see how he'll develop further down the line. 
because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of scary. You don't know what's gonna happen to this character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all of like like the 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 easiest assumption is all of them die eventually, yeah. <laughs> and then you're I just sitting not. there like which which one <laughs> who's gonna go. Who's gonna take it? And oh, God, do we okay? Like, do we think there's any chance that Ezra sti- is around, and we just don't know it yet? I would hope so. I, at least him, because just I, I, I okay, Team Kanan. How are we gonna deal with oh, the episode Kanan. where Kanan? Let's not talk about yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> That's forbidden talk. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. I mean, I just I'm really not ready for it yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking speaking of Kanan, he had uh, quite a vocal um, part of this opening uh, scene after the crew gets away and they make the jump into uh, hyperspace and accomplish their mission. Um, you know, Kanan, and we'll get to what goes on with Mr. Schwa in a second, but uh, I wanted to bring this up like right now. Kanan really uh, does not enjoy this. Um, everyone else seems really confident. And while Kanan's always, like, kind of confident, he always kind of snaps into the mission because he's good at it. Uh, you could definitely tell that, like, you know, the way he talked to Hera, it, it, which wasn't even in a bad way. Like, I love that their fights are, like, the healthiest relationship fights in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, I disagree with you. Okay, I understand. Well, let's talk. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, you're so You married. have valid points, and I respect your opinions. <laughs> Unlike Han and Leia, who also had a similar seed in uh, *Empire Strikes Back*. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Han, Han was not into <laughs> into staying to help the cause, so we see that kind of reflective here in Kanan. Um, but I kind of get, you know, where he's coming from. I mean, we 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 read the first three chapters of Kanan, the Last Padawan, and I would not want to return to that either. Mm-mm. Yeah, that seems like the wrong move for him. And someone mm-hmm. said it very nicely on, I think it was Twitter, where they described it as post-traumatic stress. And that's really mm-hmm. what it is. He yeah. doesn't want to re-experience any of this because of what he had experienced before. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not a situation you want to put yourself in and then see all your loved ones die because you were just trying to do the like the minimal you know we just steal and give to the poor that's it that's all i want to do well, um but clearly Hera wants to do more than that they can, you yeah. can obviously say that one of the overall themes for the whole episode is him and Ezra more Kanan but him and Ezra both realizing that the days of Jedi are just completely gone now mm-hmm. yeah and there's it's not coming back. It, they feel alone in the universe now, even though they know that Yoda's still out there. Mm-hmm. They they just they just know that those days are well and truly they are just they're gone. Right. Yeah. And Ezra seems very optimistic about <laughs> defeating the Empire. Yes. Very it's unrealistic. A, we'll do like, it over actually. brunch. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, Ezra, that's not how it works. Pay attention to your master, please. <laughs> but he has, Ezra has such a confidence to him now. Yeah, yeah. He does. Do, he okay, does. I, I may have missed this, but how long has it been since the end of season one? Uh, I don't think that's ever discussed, really. I want to say it's a few weeks at I, most. I can't yeah. get over how much Ezra's matured in that time. And I think it's mm-hmm. because of the fact that they've gained all these new allies. He knows that there's something bigger now, and now he he can rely on these people, and these people can rely on him. So mm-hmm. there's that, you know, that, that solidarity that's there, and that's what gives him the confidence. Yeah, he definitely feels like he's part of something, and I think that that's 
you know, I mean, he was alone for a good chunk of his life, and he had, like, a couple friends, but it was never... It was never the family that he had on the ghost, and now that his family is part of, like, this bigger, like, crazier, more important picture, I think he, he just feels, like, more confident that he's doing something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, headed back to Lothal, um, Minister Tua is talking to Agent Callis, who is being a really big dick this episode. Like, he <laughs> how, was! How much of an like, asshole what? is he now? <laughs> What a kiss ass. Like, and I don't like his attitude. He's just like, he acts like he and like Darth Vader are best friends and they went to like high school together. And he's like, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Yeah. And Darth Vader's like, Darth Vader's like, Cage, so go do the thing. (laughs) I knew knew that, okay, right when this scene started and then the scene after, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, she's going to die. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew they were setting her up for that, but I didn't. I didn't know the way the way they did it was definitely like holy shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I just oh, callous. Like if there if there was anything, I was already like the the nail in, in the coffin for me was what callous did to Zeb's people. But like after this, I was just like, it's so crazy how this episode made you feel sympathetic to Minister Tua, if only because callous is just being the biggest douche. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of. There was something about his reaction to Oresco and Grant being uh, killed in front of him that made me think, oh, maybe maybe there is some humanity to him. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> nope. He was, I think that was just him being so taken aback that, like, like Tarkin can just lop off my head now. Yeah. <laughs> that is a thing that he can do because he feels like it. Okay. All right. <laughs> what did you so, Okay, well, okay. What did you guys think of Vader and how I thought James Earl Jones it was so great to hear James Earl Jones, but mm-hmm. something about it felt just a teensy bit off. What do you really? mean? I did I just just a teensy bit like at the beginning I was like something sounds a little off here. I don't I didn't I can't put my finger on it. Just something it didn't feel Maybe as... it was the audio mixing. That's what I think. I don't think it was him, per se. I think it was more had to do with the audio. But as the episode mm-hmm. went on, it got better. Oh, yeah. It's it's Invader's highlight scenes that you really see him... Yeah. You know, become the character that, that we're, you know, used to in the comics and used to for the movies. Um, but, yeah, I think that because his entrance was kind of quiet, um, Vader isn't really known for just, like quiet unpronounced entrances and he kind of just slipped right into the scene and was like well i'm here now and <laughs> you guys are fucking around and twa tarkin wants to see you and you're gonna die i felt that he was more <laughs> anakin from clone wars in this episode than anything yeah really? he, was very, he was very tactical mm-hmm. he he besides he didn't really let his emotions get to him that much but yeah. it but you could tell he was emotional especially later in the episode but, yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely the, saw that too. The tactical Anakin from Clone Wars is alive and well in Rebels Vader. Yeah, and I I love that that kind of like because if you're reading the comics right now, um, Vader is kind of redeeming himself. But this is like you can tell that this is Vader at his top game. Like he was sent here because he's the best of the best, and the, and and he's just gonna fix this planet oh, um, and go away. Crossover. <laughs> With the comics and all of those characters are in, in Rebels. How cool! Oh, dude, do you know what's gonna? Okay, <laughs> there, 
There are a lot of characters I want to see in Rebels, like a lot. And I talked about one, um, or I'm going to talk about one for the Alderanian book club. But um, yeah, seeing like BT or or anybody really. I mean, I I, I don't have faith that Afra is alive at this point. <laughs> but but if she is, that'd be pretty pretty awesome. But I just don't see you know her continuing to be. A character, but I can definitely see the droids having come over triple zero and BT. I'd love to see and... triple zero. Oh yeah. my god, he would be. Fa- <laughs> I want to see triple zero and BT encounter Chopper. Oh my god, what a face! They are like on the angriest droids <laughs> on the. I'm like, how does? Oh, I think it has to be like a removed scene or something that you get like a bonus on the DVD. Like, watch this scene with your parents, kids. Like, there's no blood. It's just like droids being like murderous so <laughs> so many yeah, ways to I, go oh, with that right so hey feloni um et and triple zero uh make it they probably got they probably got blown up too i don't know i assume everyone's dead um <laughs> that way i can't be heartbroken so uh basically after that particular scene where uh vader kind of sets Tua up for like we're going to kill you uh Tua isn't she isn't stupid like She's not. She's not really all that incompetent either. She's been been kind of doing the best she can with like the conditions she was given. But she ends up reaching out to the rebels through a friend of Ezra's, um, and she's pretty desperate to get off of Lothal in exchange for some uh, imperial information, including uh, the names of rebel sympathizers on Lothal, which is very helpful to our crew. Uh, so we're back um, with the Rebels with Commander Sato, who is a, a new character, uh, and, of course, Ahsoka and the crew. So um, this is like a, cre- a question that was brought up when I was on a, a different Rebel show, but do you guys think that um, that Tua was actually genuine with the way she felt about this? Because the way she like reacts is just like, I'm going to die, please help. It's it's funny that she managed to contact them, even though she said that she had expended, you know, she had spent all of her resources in trying to uh, lure them out, <laughs> but she knew exactly where to go to contact them. So I'm like, Tua, you could have used that to your advantage, honey. <laughs> I don't think she just she just didn't have like the imperial like. No, she didn't. When evil you're back in her corner, you will do anything. Even even she yeah. said it. She couldn't do. She doesn't have brutal tactics the way they they do. So yeah, whatever. Um, she was sassy as hell on that train. <laughs> yeah, she was. But yeah, I thought she was very genuine about wanting help. I don't think she was doing it as a way to lure them out, as I had suggested earlier. She was definitely scared for her life, and she knew that something was going to happen to her that was going to be like what she had seen with the Resco and Grant. Mm-hmm. That poor and, soul. <laughs> I know. So they eventually, after Kanan and Harris speak, um, they they head off to uh, um to go try and get Minister Tua back. Uh, and this is when the action really kicks up. You know, we have that that beautiful like horizon of Lothal, and then from there, everything just kind of goes insane because uh, with the season finale last. Um, last year and uh this particular premiere there is an ongoing cold presence and ezra and ahsoka and kanan all feel it um and they all i need sweaters really yeah that's they all <laughs> where are the rebel jackets like what's going on they don't have any <laughs> they spares haven't shown them yet mm-hmm. 
It's like they need to get their stuff like manufactured in time, and, and, yeah, he's he's and Chopper just <laughs> like halfway he through each jacket, he just anymore. throws it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he gives gives up. That's me in cosplay, so I really wouldn't. I would not blame him. But um, speaking of Kanan's displeasure, I because of the way he reacts on Lothal, like they go into the mission, and Kanan is on the mission. Like he doesn't want to be there, and he's pretty clear about it. But I think one of the admirable things about Kanan is that he goes through with, like, everything that he has to commit to. So he knocks out a stormtrooper, steals his armor, and he's on his happy little way. Um, It's his family. Everything with Kanan Mm -hmm. goes back to the theme of family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they want to do this, he's going to do it, if nothing else, then just make sure that they're okay and protect them. Mm -hmm. And this is where we see Minister Tua... Uh, roll in with Agent Callus, uh, douchebag supreme, who is. You show up as Callus, you see what happens, buddy. Um, no, it's okay. I'll take lots of pictures of you until you look great, great, like a perfect douchebag. I'll be like, um, this guy look like a douchebag. Hashtag <laughs> Exactly, he looks like a douchebag. This is stuff that like kids can't listen to. Sorry, <laughs> there we have kids that listen to like Moss Eisley, and I try not to curse because I was told that kids listen to Moss Eisley, and now I'm just like, he's a douchebag. Screw that guy. What an asshole. Um, so this was obviously not what she had planned, and it's not what the Rebels had planned. She was supposed to um, show up alone, and after a very tense entrance, she moves on to her escape ship, and this is what, like, when when I was at Celebration, like, I'm sure, like, you know, jo- Jonah can attest to this, but, like, the crowd, like, was taken aback yeah, because we see Tua cast. run into that ship and a second later it explodes. <laughs> yeah. I definitely and I'm like, like holy shit. <laughs> Cause it was in the you know a big screen and the yeah. the audio is really loud and I literally like I remember um you know sitting back in my seat because I had been, you know, shocked by what had just happened. Mm-hmm. I wish I had been there. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it, I mean, like, I just wanted to describe that feeling because it was interesting to, like, have the, experience that and then go into, like, my living room and experience it with my friends. And you were like, so, oh, um, she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's dead. And then, like, Alex and Haley were like, what? They just killed someone like that on Disney XD. Um, wow. This ain't your so, mom, yeah. Disney. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disney XD is a grown-up Disney yeah, for people who Dr. like poop who jokes now. and explosions. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah, very we saw Doctor Who like right before that. I thought I expected a marathon, and we got Doctor Who. It was very weird. Yeah, at um at celebration, they showed the finale of season one before the premiere of season yeah. two. So I thought they were going to do that again, and they did not. So for an hour, we watched Doctor Who. <laughs> Missed opportunities, <laughs> Disney. Darn. I mean, no shade on Doctor Who fans. It's just like I thought that I was going to get a different product, but um, <laughs> so Tua is as dead as a doorknob. Um. And Callus blames it on the rebels because, of course, he's not going to take responsibility for any of his actions. Um, That's smart, and, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously. He, yeah, he recorded it. This I bet he is took all a big setup. Too. Yeah. He took a <laughs> selfie of him recording, like, hey, just, just framed all your favorite rebels. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, there's a, a, a secret Imperial, like, photo blogging network called Instagram. And he just, like, <laughs> took a selfie with, like, a peace sign, like, woohoo! 
And he has like 70 likes on it. And he was hoping he to just finished a really cool mission for Lord Vader. <laughs> Technology for a more civilized age. <laughs> Love it. Instagram, oh, Instagram. is, is the best. awesome. And it's actually really successful and way more important than like their version of Twitter or something. I don't know. Um, so Callus, of course, records this. And this is an entirely like <clears throat> this is a big setup. And of course, it was spearheaded by Vader, who I think the coolest thing about all this new canon is it. I mean, it really shows off how smart Darth Vader is. Um, but Anakin he sets was so people, stupid. I know he made so many bad choices, and now like Darth Vader is like this this tactical genius, and it's it says a lot because like uh, you know people see him as like the hand of the emperor. He's like the the muscle, the brute, and I think that that outward opinion of him is really defied by the way he acts in uh, in the in, in Rebels and the new comics, and like it gives me a bigger understanding because I think Vader. Vader is a tactical genius as opposed to being brash uh, like he was as Anakin. That's one major quality that he set aside was, like, becoming furious and lashing out immediately. Like, a couple times when he's around Tusken Raiders, like, (laughs) that's a little different. But, you know, he's very controlled. um, And I think that really showed in Vader's plans here because he set those guys up. Like hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he yeah. killed someone to do it. The so. force gives him a lot of IQ points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're coming up to the scene where I have my biggest question of the episode. So. Oh, what's the question? Yeah, we're uh, we're headed over to uh, Ezra's old house. Yes. Um, and they are uh, hidden away for uh, because the Imperials are on their tails and uh. Yeah, I mean, let, let's just jump right into this. What was your question about this? Journey? Okay, well, now it's not so important, but okay. Oh, when they blow the door. Oh yeah. What rank is that stormtrooper with the red paladin on? Oh. I could not, for the life of me, figure <laughs> out what rank that. I was like, "What is that red? What is that? Wait a minute, that, what is yeah. that?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a detail that I did not zoom in on, and I just know that he's voiced by Steve Bloom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. We have to send that to Rebels Recon and 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 ask them like, what is that Stormtrooper rank? Because I I, yeah. I I was watching with a couple other people as well, and we we're all big Star Wars honks, and I was like, hey, what is that? <laughs> and I paused it. I'm like, well, that's red. What what is that? And they're like, I I don't know. Are you sure it's red? I'm like, yeah. I know my colors. I know my colors. I, know my colors. Yeah. I, was, I actually was like, Jonah would know. <laughs> no, I do not know. I'm sorry. Darn it. Sorry, this has been bothering me for a week. not give me IQ points. I'm sorry. Someone call the 501st. What's going on here? I've never seen anybody dress like that. No. I was like, is that new? What is this? I must know. But anyway, that that was my biggest question of the episode. <laughs> That is a good question. I have no idea. Like, I really cannot answer that. I think that. you should definitely do what what Katrina said and, and just send it out to Rebels Recon. I'm, I'm totally going to do that as soon as we're done here. Because I want, I want yeah. them to be like, hey, this guy knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Get all the credit for it. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, of course, the Rebels find out that uh, they uh, have been framed that's the word i was looking for and uh kanan decides to be aladdin all over lothal so that they can steal a (laughs) shuttle hopefully 
Uh, and I think it's really cool that, that like this whole this whole running path they have going and, and the way Chopper handles it is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, Kanan is still in his disguise. So they make it across and they're like heading. I love this part because they're heading into the Imperial compound and they have like their stormtrooper gear on and it's Kanan and Ezra. And Ezra tries to do a Jedi mind trick. And it like totally does not work for him. And uh, I I love I love that like you could definitely tell that you know Ezra's still a Padawan learner and he still doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And then Kanan comes in, <laughs> and I expected Kanan to fail actually too. So, so yeah, I was like he's gonna screw up. Something's gonna go wrong. But no, he had it. He Obi Wan that shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I I remember they did it in Rise of the Old Masters and he did it to two, um, Kanan did it to two stormtroopers and mm-hmm. Ezra's like, wow, how did you do that? So it's I'm glad that they actually touched on it again because it was I thought it was something that they were going to like not focus on anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm glad they brought it back and they made it humorous. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, there was that line that they were talking, uh, Kanan said, um, oh, what did he say to Ezra that was just like... I wish it worked on on you. Yeah. <laughs> on you, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, of course, they get in, uh, and they happen to find uh, some shield generators, which is something that the Rebels needed anyway. Uh, so they take it back and, and try to do a run on that. Enough. Oh, yes, because the cold returns. It was and, so horrifying. Oh, like, this scene was so like beautiful and scary like when vader comes in that whole shot like it literally I felt could like see a it. horror movie it did it like felt like Jason a horror movie something it felt like a horror movie and like just the way the shot is laid out it looks exactly like a macquarie drawing yes. and and like the way vader kind of like fades in like his shadow kind of makes him uh look like a ghost yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i still can't say enough how much i like the design of the lightsaber blades on the yeah. show yes those are cool oh, mm-hmm. i love the straight line like they should be it, it just fills me with joy to see those mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah shaped exactly like the sabers that they they actually filmed with in uh the original yeah. film so then i thought then i thought during the fight that they killed sabine and i was like okay rebels yeah you've got about three seconds to fix this <laughs> This fight was freaking intense, of course. Like, and I love how you know, even uh, the way Vader, the way Vader fights, it makes Kanan look smaller than him. Like, Vader yeah. is this towering figure throughout this scene, as he and be. yeah, as he should be, because I know Kanan's not like a shorty or anything. Like, he probably measures up like really close to Vader, but because of Vader's just overimposing presence and the way that they uh, animated the sequence to be shot, I. I love it. That was one of my main concerns with them introducing Vader onto the show. I didn't mm-hmm. want them doing things like, oh, Sabine painted his, the TIE fighter, Vader's TIE fighter a different color. Ha ha. And making him mm-hmm. look like a fool. You can't right, make right. Darth Vader look like a fool. No, he was definitely, yeah. he definitely owned <laughs> this yeah. scene. And this entire scene, like, the, sh- the you know, when they're, they're uh, they're headed back to the the ship and he like they topple the uh, the chicken walker on him. Um, well, this is after something. Hold on, I guess I should go in order. But um, yeah, this scene is just beautiful. It's like you can really tell how scared everyone is, and if they're not afraid, you can see them like you know find that fear in the afraid. scene. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, just the way, like, yeah. that moment when, like, because Hera looks back at the moment when, like, uh, Kanan gets lifted up. And I think that, like, you don't see necessarily her reaction to it, but there are, like, a lot of things going on in this scene to make every single one of the rebels, like, holy shit scared yeah, of Vader. Like, freak out. <laughs> freaking out. And, like, just having him toss, like, Kanan aside like a rag doll, and then that one cliffhanger moment where... He's got uh, Ezra Saber almost against his neck. Like, all of this is, like, this is Rebel's way of telling us, I think, at least, uh, that this is a character that he we're going to see respected. We're yes. not going to see him made a fool of, you know, like, his follies will be actual Vader follies if they happen. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I'm, like, okay with him not hanging around all that much because he's not going to be around over the course of the next season too much just around enough to take care of Lothal. I mean, they're used to fighting the Inquisitor, and he's mm-hmm. he's a very different opponent from Darth Vader. The, the Inquisitor isn't as well-versed in the Force. He's not as strong in the Force. And mm-hmm. Vader uses all of that to his advantage. He knows they've never seen anything like him. He just throws them around, like mm-hmm. you said, like a ragdoll. And then what I noticed most was that the lightsaber battles were completely different if you watch the Inquisitor battles, they're more like Clone Wars style, where they're very kinetic and very fast yeah. moving and everything. And Vader's very methodical. And, mm-hmm. you know, I am in complete control of this situation. No matter what you're going to do to me, I know what I have to do. And he, yep. he he just takes care of business. And it's very, the stylistic choices there are very different. And I really, I really respected that. I, li- I like how the story team takes that kind of thing into account. They're like, okay, well, Darth Vader is not going to fight like the Inquisitor, who is not going to fight like like General Grievous, who is not (laughs) going to fight like Count Dooku. And I I like that. Yeah. And I really like, my mom had pointed out that Ezra had to have shown, he showed a lot of strength, but not letting that lightsaber get too close Mm -hmm. to his, I mean, it was pretty close, but he was exhibiting a lot of force right there to push back against Vader. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very impressive. Like, I didn't realize it at the time that he was using that same amount of pressure to push back. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until she highlighted that that yeah. I thought, oh, man, Ezra has some... He He's, he's you know, he has tricks up his sleeve. He, he's mm-hmm. very, very advanced for, for his age. I actually didn't think of that either. Good call. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty great. And, it, you know, it does show that he still has, like, resilience against, like, the immense power of Darth Vader. I don't think Vader wanted to, like... I mean, Vader oh, wanted to snap, kill him, but yeah. Vader wanted to taunt him first, like, yes, and so yes, that's why yes. you saw it floating. And that was enough time for Ezra to, you know, push back against that. So Kanan comes in, uh, Sabine completely topples a, a chicken walker, and we lead into my favorite shot in this episode. Um, <laughs> Vader, like, the, they had just thrown this, like, ATSC on him, and he force pushed it up, and there's fire and smoke and lightning and everything is red and orange. I'm, I'm impressed there was no guitar solo. Oh. Right? I was just like, <laughs> I expected the Duke like Warrior to come yes. out in the back That's, and just... That <laughs> needed so much Mad Max guitar. Oh, my God. Like, really it's just, it. 
I was I was blown away. Like my jaw was on the floor, and I was like, "This is this is Vader. This is Darth Vader that we are looking at. This isn't just like some cartoony thing. This is Darth Vader, and he's always going to be this scary." He brings um, he brings it down behind his head, and he's just like, "Okay, now you're pissing me off." <laughs> right, like I was just messing around earlier, but now we're serious, and he completely had a like. Call. Yeah, Sabine was the one who brought down the the walker on her on him, and he deflects a bullet directly into her face. Which was this that was like the the big things about the scene were how quickly everything just happened, and you're you were just like jumping. Every, at least me, I jumped like everything he did eight times like this episode too. Yeah, he, he's absolutely. like, I'm so bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he like he completely trashes them, um, and they 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 escape by like the tiniest hairs on their head. Like this isn't a Vader who was defeated. Vader won this fight, and they just were very very lucky to get away the way they did with nobody who was murdered or anything like that. Because that could have easily happened here. I'm sad. Kanan's Kanan's um, armor is like damaged now. Thanks, Vader. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know, he's not gonna be like Sabine and like fix it or anything. He's just, yeah. he's just gonna be like, well, there it is. Oh. <laughs> That's too bad, I guess. I faced off Vader, and all I got with this lousy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So, so um. So of course we're we're not done. Like I really after that I thought the the freaking episode was you know end yeah, and like we were gonna see them. Yeah, that was the middle of the episode. So after like Vader completely trashed these guys, uh, he decides to burn um, a, a camp called Tarkintown, and uh, oh. it's for refugees of Lothal, and he sends Callus the ultimate. Dick sucker off to go do this. Wow! I always From have, to have like a tagline. That's like his title like, now. It's imperial <laughs> rank. It's like <laughs> Agent Callus, the terrible thing. Like you just have to introduce him. That that's how I'm gonna introduce him whenever I talk about him. So sorry to any parents who happen to be listening to this. Um, you're gonna have to explain a lot about Agent Callus to your child. <laughs> Uh, so we even got a little, we, we, not only did we get, fuck, fuck, James Earl Jones, um, we also got Billy D. Williams this episode, and I thought it was so cool to have two major original trilogy cameos back in their, like, roles for this episode. I was, um, I was expecting Visago, not Lando. Yeah, I'm surprised that they got Lando involved, yeah. but I mean... They are trying to give his character a higher profile now. I mean, he's got the comic coming. He's got he's going to be back in Rebel season two a couple times. So I have a feeling they're just setting him up so he's really important because something's going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, so it was nice to see uh, Lando back, of course, with his wonderful seventies medallion, <laughs> um, and he goes and hooks him up with his droid, um, whose number I just found out. It's W one one E. So what is it like, Willie? But Something like whatever. that, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Willie. Willie. This is Willie. Voiced <laughs> by the awesome Sam Witwer. Yes, oh, indeed. Sam Witwer killed it in this episode. Seriously, man. I love how diverse yeah. he is. Just, just amazing that, like, he, you know, there, there are certain moments where, where you could see that he's, he could play multiple characters in one scene, and you wouldn't be able to tell. You know. I just mm-hmm. want him to read mm-hmm. me the phone book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And all the different voices that he yes. can he can come up with. 
Mm-hmm. So conveniently located close to where they meet up with uh, with Lando's droid um, is Tarkintown, and they catch it burning. And I don't know, like this scene, it was sad, but it was more like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad that it wasn't too painful, but it was just like, look at all that property damage, Ezra. That's <laughs> it's all our fault. Those people cannot live there anymore, and it's all our fault. And now those people are homeless, but they're not dead. So points. <laughs> Who's points. gonna? But we can't bring them fruit now. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have to go and then uh, and head off to um, to get out of there, basically. So they set up a big trap for the Imperials, and they give them the whole runaround. Classic um, Rebel Alliance style, honestly. Um, and I, I'm starting to think that, like, the Ghost team was, like, the, the 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 major inspiration for the Rebels' tactics of, like, trickery and generally making the Empire look like a bunch of bumbling idiots, because... <laughs> dick suckers. Bunch of dick suckers! Um, oh, gosh! <laughs> and yeah no i mean it's just it's i i love this the, the escape was very classic i love how they threw them off with the different um transponders but uh eventually they you know go and agree to join the rebellion and this is after they have like you know kanan brings it up again and everyone's on board except for kanan so Kanan's like well okay <laughs> <laughs> it's you know um I, I think it's, you know, it's very noble of him. Like like you said, Jeremy, this is very much about family to him. And if his entire family is going to join the Rebel Alliance, like, we we now have a canon that won't just up and leave and go on on another av- adventure and become another person in a way, you know? Um, and I think that shows how mature he is in comparison to what we're reading right now. Yeah. Canon, canon... Oh, Kanan. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really interested to see how he continues to play nice with everyone. Because I he's doing it because obviously everyone else wants to stay with, with Phoenix Squadron. Except for Sabine, who in this next mm-hmm. scene wanted to uh, lay low. But he, yeah. I, I, I really want to see how he's going to interact. Because we didn't see too much of him interacting with, with uh, Sato or... Um, or any one of the uh, Phoenix Home or Phoenix Squadron. So, mm-hmm. except for Ahsoka, but this is still, I still need more. I can't wait for more. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling we're going to see Kanan set up with like a very, a very big set of challenges. I mean, we've uh, we've already heard, you know, Captain Rex and the crew are coming back oh, next man. episode. <laughs> and <laughs> Kanan's not going to be like super happy about that. Because. No. Clones and all killed yeah, his master man. and we stuff saw that in the first yeah. two issues, and that was that was hard on him because he was recalling each one of their you know each of their names. His master was killing all his friends, so it's not mm-hmm. something that he just easily brushed aside. These were people that he knew, worked with on a daily basis, where you know, and and he's gonna be sad to see them again, especially after what they did. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. I can definitely see this as something that he might. He might not even trust, like, if when, when they encounter, you know, the clones, it's like, well, here are these guys being friendly again, but what's what's not to make them turn on us now? What if exactly. the Emperor, like, I, I can see Kanan, like, thinking about those things, like, what if the Emperor does know where they are, and he's just waiting to flip the switch? I hope Kanan doesn't make a rash decision and decide to, like, just leave the group because he doesn't want to work with the clones. Oh, yeah, interesting. I, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I hope he doesn't, because, I don't know, but... 
yeah, it would. I, I'm in, I'm excited and interested to see how the new challenges of being part of the alliance and kind of just reliving what he kind of grew up on, like the last of the military training he had, uh, is going to affect him. Um, so again, we see Agent Callus, the biggest suck up in the Empire, uh, <laughs> talking to Vader. I didn't curse this time. See, I'm trying. Um, <laughs> And uh, this is our, our third, our major third chapter. Like, I just love, Vader is a freaking tank, this episode. And in every scene, whether he is in that scene or not, as soon as he makes that initial appearance, Vader is present. Vader is in their thoughts. Uh, Vader is in what occurs and happens to the rebels. And it's just like, it's it's terrifying, kind of. Like, it's almost like Jeremy said, like, it was. it's kind of like a, a horror movie to have his presence kind of permeating everywhere and even now when they're in space uh vader asks to have his ship repaired and he goes up there alone to face off with the rebel fleet and like he, like destroys them oh man he beats the crap out of them because he put a tracker on the shuttle when they got away uh because vader is exceptionally smart jesus what happened like uh, apparently, like being a Sith makes you a lot more rational. But <laughs> like but all yeah. of his decisions are just like he's eight steps ahead of everyone, and mm-hmm. that's what I love to see. You know, like I think we're gonna see Vader in his prime here, and then you know his fall happens after the first Death Star, and then in the comics we're seeing him build back up to what we see here in Rebels. So uh, I think it's really cool to see how his character kind of rises and falls all the time too. So I'm obsessed with Vader. I should stop talking. Um, <laughs> no, but I re- like at this point, I remember having my eyes like I, I was interested in what was happening and just awed mm-hmm. by wh- how Vader was basically owning all of them. But I, my eyes were solely on Ahsoka. Yep. And just yes. seeing whatever, because up until this point, we don't know whether she knows who this is or, or mm-hmm. gets a feeling as to who that might be. Oh, so she I'm knows. Like, <laughs> so I'm like looking at her for any sort of indication because I, I like I want to know I want to know what she knows, and yeah. oh man, that's just that that whole this whole scene is just mm-hmm. amazing. And then her tagging along, you know something good's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, that was it. Like when, so it was really funny. Uh, my boyfriend and I were dressed as Anakin and Padme in these scenes uh, while we were watching at Celebration and like. The moment as I saw Ahsoka ask if she wanted, if she could tag along, like I, I like grabbed his arm and I was like, "Oh my god, it's gonna happen! It's gonna happen! They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna notice each other! Holy crap!" Like so, we were we were so excited, we were like bouncing in our seats, and that whole the moment when they finally connect and she's reaching out uh, through the Force with Kanan to connect with him, uh, it's crazy just like when when her her eyes went like her world went white it went white for me too i was like oh my <laughs> did you, god did you pass out and fall on the floor? i like almost passed out i was like oh sh-. like just the way they did that scene was so powerful and then you know we vader's only reaction was like i know who that is like she's <laughs> alive like but ahsoka was like rocked by it and yeah. i'm yeah, I'm I'm like excited because he discusses his plans with the Emperor later on, but I'm excited to see what he wants to do because I have a feeling that like he eventually will want to kill her, but I don't think that he's going to like kill her right away, no, obviously. He's play um, with uh, at Celebration, yeah. it's funny because 
at in that scene when you know when she realizes and she, everything goes white um vader says the apprentice lives but everyone mm-hmm. was like I, I don't even remember what was the reaction but i just couldn't hear was what vader was saying and i remember going oh really no my crowd in the section like exploded after he said that and so <laughs> But yeah, I wasn't sure. And everyone at the end was like, did he say Ahsoka lives? Did he say this? I, we didn't know at all. And it wasn't until we uh, we watched it again that we were like, oh, so The Apprentice lives. Mm-hmm. So I had to like live with not knowing what he was saying. Sitting in my living room, I just kept going, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, there was actually someone who tossed out a theory and some comment section on io9 where they said, I'm going to keep repeating this. Vader doesn't kill Ahsoka. The Emperor will kill Ahsoka. And I thought, oh, snap. That's crazy. <laughs> and so and it's like a cool theory to think about. I mean, obviously, it's not that great because I don't want to see Ahsoka die. But just to see the Emperor, you know, torture Ahsoka in the same way that he tortured Luke. Only Vader mm-hmm. doesn't do anything about it the first time around. That mm-hmm. really says a lot and really adds significance to what will happen in Return of the Jedi. If it does happen, it's just a theory. <laughs> but- well, he could very well just make it another, uh, I don't want to say Padme-style death, but for I sincerely believe that Padme's death was the Empire, uh, Emperor's doing. Um, oh, you, and oh that it was, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I've all, I like that theory a lot. Yeah, the, the whole where he drains her life force to give to Vader and she dies because of that. Because Padme did not want to die in that scene. No. Like, you, she is fighting. So I'm wondering if, like, the Emperor is going to do something similar to Vader where Vader is put in a position where he can't react. Like, whether he wants to or not, regardless of where he is in his mind, Ahsoka is going to be, like, something's going to happen. And I have a feeling, yeah, it's going to be the Emperor's doing if... Uh, if it comes to her death, but I, this scene, like I couldn't, my brain just stopped. So it's, and it's, it's good. Like it's well drawn out and it's drawn out long enough for us to return to the actual action because like, you know, we're with Ahsoka in that moment. And I think it's the first time in Rebels where we're really like with her, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I was, I was very pleased to have like that, that moment of like character reflection, reflection. And, um, they get away from Vader uh, last minute because of a mistake by the Imperials. They track they trap him in the tractor beam, which is very awkward. Um, and <laughs> like that whole scene was just like, and it's like the mustachioed commander, and he's like, uh, he he says something to that that one um, the poor ensign uh, guy. Like, yeah, oh, don't worry. <laughs> I forget he's what like, he said. Don't worry. Well. I'll tell him. Yeah, it was it's my basically. Fault. I'll tell you. It was yeah. It was your fault. And. Like I have no like I don't I I can't believe that that kept him alive but like I I, I guess Vader didn't have the time to force choke anybody but that has got him to, to be get like force choked while like standing there talking. Oh yeah, yeah from a distance yeah. right? That would seriously been like impressive. Vader would have been in the tractor beam and just reached out like you little <laughs> you little D sucker. That's like that's like your boss being lactose intolerant. You bring her like coffee with milk in it and then like. She has to go to the bathroom for the rest of the day, and you know you're going to get fired. So that was a weird, I don't know, analogy. That never happened to me, but I was just thinking about, like, a, anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, we're seeing the show close out with that classic 
uh, scene of Vader kneeling before the Emperor's hologram, which uh, takes me back to a lot of this took me back to Empire Strikes Back, and I thought it was it was cool to see that graduation from a New Hope to Empire for Star Wars Rebels. Um, and so they talk about uh, Ahsoka a little bit, um, and uh, Vader is sure it was her, which makes me wonder, like. I think that Ahsoka is aware that that could be the person that he felt that she felt is likely Anakin Skywalker, but it's because of like it's Anakin Skywalker and he's a bad guy, but there's so much around him in the Force. There's so much chaos that kind of circles Vader in the Force that it's clouded, and Ahsoka can't tell. Uh, I don't know. I think she she doesn't want to believe it, basically, you know. But there's so much leaning toward it that she's going to have to investigate. Yeah, I think she still needs to process it for sure. She yeah. needs too much information for her to handle all at once, especially if she came from the point of view where she was thinking about Anakin, whether he had survived, whether he was out there somehow. Um, mm-hmm. And if, you know, if she if all those hopes came crashing down in that one instant, she's going she's obviously not going to say, yes, I know who that is. Because she mm-hmm. she herself is still pro- probably in denial or, um, you know, she just needs to be by herself for a few and figure out what she just felt and what she just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she never, I mean, she left the Jedi Order before she finished. So she might not know how to process, I mean, she is older and wiser now, but she might not know fully how to process the feelings that brought up inside her either so yeah i well that's the thing is we don't know anything about what's been going on with ahsoka uh for this whole time so i'm i'm hoping that that third miniseries is an ahsoka miniseries so that we can uh get more like uh, background on her now. <laughs> yeah right my because i feel like because she is older she's wiser she is in tune with the force she's very powerful with the force for someone who never became a Jedi master. So I'm wondering if she's had maybe not even physical encounters with Yoda, but that Yoda has reached out and tried to help her. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he like Yoda's Yoda, but but you could tell he really thought a lot of uh Ahsoka and I don't think that he would have just left her alone this entire time, especially if he's already like reached out to Kanan and Ezra. I have a feeling that Ahsoka's had more training but not necessarily like hands-on academy style Is training, there you know. Any chance that Ahsoka falls to the dark side? I have been mm. struggling with this all week. Mm. Is there any way that the Emperor and Anakin can get to her and she can fall to the dark side? No, I think she. It would have to be something like some sort of chip. <laughs> that yeah, would be but that's in. possible. Like, for yeah, yeah, that <laughs> I could see something that forces her to like become someone else but to willingly go to that side just like anakin um what if something happened to her in the interim that we don't know about um, no i don't see it ahsoka's too no i I don't see her going that way but what i think think the the very reason that like have someone kill her than 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 be then go that way okay Mm. what who do we think is the new inquisitor Oh, good question. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah yes. Michelle Gellar, for sure. I think yeah. she's the girl. I think she's absolutely the girl. Like, there's no... No like, doubt no about it, yeah. Way. Yeah. That'll be awkward like, in that household that day. 
That'll be a, that'll be a new a new kind of talk, like because they have they have kids, right? Yeah. And like that'll be a new talk. Daddy like, had mommy to and daddy mommy. aren't really firing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, sweetie. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it's so cool that we have so many. It's interesting that we have like these actors from our childhoods now uh, in something else that meant a lot of a lot to our childhood. Um, so I guess uh, closing thoughts. What are you? hoping for in the next episode, which will introduce uh, a trio of very familiar clones. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I just, I'm excited. I want to know how they, how they got out of order 66. I yes. want to know, I want to know why they felt like they, how did they figure it out? If mm-hmm. they don't answer mm-hmm. that question at, I'm, oh. If Rex doesn't mention fives in the first, I don't know, ten minutes, there will be problems. <laughs> ten with minutes. The episode's Filoni. only like twenty-two minutes long. I know, I know, but he has to mention fives, or at least you know, I know he's got to mention knowing, it by the midway point. Knowing the crew, they're probably not going to give us all those answers no. in that first. Oh, I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's going to be uh, like they're going to be in more than one episode. They're recurring mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. So it'll probably come down the line, but not in that first episode. But I definitely want to know those, the answers to those questions. And knowing Dave Filoni, he's going to torture us a little bit more <laughs> before mm-hmm. giving them oh, to Dave. us. Oh, <laughs> Dave. Dave. Oh, why? here's a fun uh, fan theory before we go. Uh, there is a shot. Oh, I wish I had it with me. I don't know if you guys have seen that shot from Return of the Jedi where it's Han and he's with a bunch of rebels on Endor. Yes. But there's oh, one yeah. rebel with a... Just the exact facial hair that Rex has. Oh, um, don't so tease this, her like you this. know, <laughs> Return of the Jedi takes place 15 years after uh, Rebels, right? Like, or not really? No, not even like less than 10 years yeah, after takes, Rebels. Yeah, it takes place around there. That's like the same period. people who say that the little kid in Jurassic Park One is Chris Pratt. I know, I know, <laughs> but it's just like I want it so bad. I just want, I want at least Rex to have survived all the way to the end. We do not need another special edition of Return of the Jedi where Han turns and says, Rex, and it's like horribly, <laughs> horribly, horribly, horribly dubbed. dubbed. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want anything done to any of the, the series. I just like, you know, when you have like little head cannons and you're like, I'm cool believing that. Like, I'm okay. cool with that. So if Rex survives, that's going to be my my head cannon. That, like, that's him. This. And I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it. I don't want more from it. I just want... He'd be, yeah, he'd be but... around 72, I think. If it was like 10 Yeah, Because he's 26-ish biologically in Rebels. Well, that guy was more... I'm not... He was... Well, that guy was older in yeah, the face yeah. than Rex is in Rebels. So he's still got the beard, but that guy was much older, had like bigger bags under his eyes and stuff. I so, think... No offense to that guy, but um, yeah, I want an episode. I want arcs, like as good as as much as I love mm. the Ghost Crew and Kanan. I, I want to see them branch out like they did with Clone Wars a little bit and do arcs of different characters, showing us the world that they're in right now. And I understand that the focus yes. of this show is the Ghost Crew, mm-hmm. yeah. But I feel like if we're gonna get that much backstory on mm-hmm. Rex and those clones, then it's going to have to be its own story. Mm, that would be nice. It'd probably be some sort of addition somewhere else and some mm-hmm. like comic or something. But I think mo- it's mainly going to be from the crew's perspective. So if we ever meet the Onderon crew, it'll be the the rebel crew yeah. going to the Onderon. But I don't want that. Mm. <laughs> but you don't want that. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope we... 
Oh no, I kind of want to see that. I want to see what's up with Lux. I want to see. Well, what no, I mean, I, I want, I want, but I you want that. It's it was like its own, yeah. I want it to breathe and be its own. That would story. be nice, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There are so many stories to yeah. be told. See, all these I love it. Are like they don't need to tell all these new Star Wars <laughs> stories. They're wrong. They're yeah, all. They're incorrect. They can tell whatever stories they want because if they don't tell the story, I'm going to think of it in my head. And it'll be my story. They're all Agent Callis's. Right? <laughs> Agent Callis, douchebag king of the Empire. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you guys so much for for coming around and uh, concluding this fantastic episode of Hanging with Team Kanan. Um, where can we find you guys on the internets? You can find me as at BlueJGuys on Twitter and thewookiegunner.com. And there you'll also find all the other sites that I contribute to as well. I am at Jeremy Ohio on Twitter. I'm on my writings will be on Bleeding Cool and maybe a few other places soon. And I'm O Katrina on Twitter and everywhere on the internet. And uh, make sure to check out our podcast website, which is part of the Moss Eisley Comic Port, uh, Moss Eisley Comic Port dot web, uh, WordPress dot com. Getting there. Uh, and that's where this was posted. So maybe you found this site already. Uh, <laughs> Thank you all for joining us, and uh, this has been Hanging with Team Kanan. Hashtag Team Kanan, hashtag Kanan here. Woo, Kanan, <laughs> hey! <laughs>